0: She, Muna, just a Pada, girl, turn,
1: folks this is episode 21 of the lingaholics podcast ian here uh merry merry holidays happy holidays to everyone around the world listening in uh hope everyone's doing good this break so here today uh we got a cool guest of a guy that i met when i was at langfest uh in montreal in 2019 uh, he's a fellow language learner from south of the border. Uh, so we got Julian with us today. So, hey, Julian, how's it going, man? Good. What's up, guys? Thanks for having <laughs> me here. Yeah, thanks, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome, Julian, uh, to the pod episode twenty-one, boys. We are we're legal. We're legal in Vegas. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's uh all right? So let's do a little. Um, so, Julian, you are from you are from Berkeley. Originally, San Francisco. So I'm wearing a Colorado Rockies shirt. Marcus, you're rocking the Dodgers. Go Dodgers! Uh, okay, but then World Julian, champions you're
2: being... <laughs> this year. This year, short. Yeah, what do you season. what do you think of that, Julian? Mm.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Does it count as much? Does it? But hey,
2: ones? hey, you guys had your own little dynasty. Uh, that's true. A few years ago,
3: <laughs> I'll take that over. Uh the covid championship <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah. a better way <laughs> point,
1: i like that asterisk yeah uh cool all right and then um we got palcom chishi cody mr Elbogen.
0: yeah what's, up, buddy? what's going on everyone oh, um man. yeah i don't know I, I guess i don't have like too much to update on on the language front but just like on a personal front i've been doing some changes to my daily routine a little bit and you guys know how much i'm passionate about like daily routines and things like that. Wow. <laughs> so, I um I have recently stopped drinking caffeine. So, oh. I've been I think 2 <clears throat> 2 weeks caffeine free now, and I'm at the point where I'm like starting to finally see the benefits of it. And um I've been which are pardon?
1: Which are Uh so,
0: well the thing is like when you're drinking ca- when you have a habit of drinking caffeine, there's like caffeine doesn't give you energy. Like your body is basically borrowing energy when you drink caffeine. It's kind of like, it's kind of like um, making a purchase with a credit card. Like you're buying stuff with something that you don't really have and you're eventually going to pay that back later. And this Mm -hmm. has kind of been a problem for me because like I've struggled to keep my energy levels fairly stable throughout the day. And um, this is just one way where I figured I could maybe like kind of, flatten that out flatten the curve if you will (laughs) and um, yeah yeah and also I started I started taking a cold shower when like as soon as I get up and then meditating after that so I meditate three times a day now and I take two cold showers a day and it's been treating me very well I feel very like right now, I haven't had any caffeine. I've just had my cold shower meditation. I feel great. So,
1: feeling good. Just All living right. it up. You got Cody on. Cody on his cold shower high. Yes. Caffeine free. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool, boys. And Marcus. How's that French? You just got from a French. I talk you. No, Espanol. Uh, castellano.
2: Castellano. castellano. Uh, so in terms, of, so the problem that I'm having is that I'm, I'm having a hard time finding motivation for French because, and I think, I think it's because it's very hard to find. I've, I've been having difficulties finding material that I'm genuinely interested in in French. I have like a couple podcasts, but it's not that much. Uh, and, and the problem that I have is that Spanish is too alluring for me like i always mm. throw on like a spanish podcast like i wake up in the morning i look at the new podcast that that have just been dropped right and there's always like a bunch of really good spanish ones so i keep coming back to spanish naturally which is a big problem for me
0: that's my true love
2: <laughs> exactly that's my true love but whatever whatever uh not a big uh, yeah. deal but i was just gonna say uh so i've been i've been doing a lot of l- non-language stuff so like what, I've, what i was yeah. telling you guys about before i've been working on basically just writing up the work that I've been doing in Barcelona over the past couple months. Yeah. months. Uh, so, so I've been very productive with that. And, and in order as a side effect of that, I have significantly increased my caffeine intake. <laughs> <laughs> make,
0: it, <laughs> wake make it up, up for all the caffeine I'm not drinking. Exactly.
2: And, and to be completely frank, uh, I've had great benefits with it. Like I, I drink a crazy amount of coffee, <laughs> but man, have I been productive. All right. Yeah. Well, As well, different so strokes for different that, that, folks. Exactly. That's my counter argument. Okay. So hey, All yeah, right. things are going well here. My uh, yeah. talky class was pretty good. So.
1: All right. And just so Julie knows, Marcus is in northern Sweden right now.
2: Up in his oh yeah, that's why it's super dark here.
1: Oh, <laughs> what city?
2: Uh, I'm not in a city. I'm in a pueblito. Uh, oh, so a little town. But I'm I'm close. I'm close to a city called Östersund. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Do you know Sweden? Do you know where that is? No. <laughs> okay. I no, know, that, that must
3: like... be uh, um Nah. I went to Sweden for like a week.
2: I have no idea. <laughs> I'm probably one hour away from the probably maybe a little bit more, an hour and a half from from the Norwegian border.
3: Well, there's the uh you know the the ship, the what's it called? The Varsal Basa. Oh, okay. Vossa. Where is
2: that? Stockholm. Okay, so never mind. That's like eight <laughs> hours
1: south. <laughs> what uh, is that? What's that ship?
2: It's, it's, a sh- it's It might be the most famous ship from the 1600s. Um, uh-huh. So it sank in Stockholm's harbor on its first, on its premier voyage in 1626. Uh, and it was, to date, the most expensive ship of the Swedish Navy. And it was a big party
0: mm-hmm. in,
2: in the streets of Stockholm. And this thing was going on its maiden voyage. And it sank yeah. after 20 minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. <Whoa. laughs>
2: no, Anti-climatic, no, no? So, quite yeah. magic, no? so that, was quite, that was quite spectacular. You can imagine yourself. They, they, uh,
1: right in they, the harbor?
2: Uh, right in the harbor. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the harbor. But the cool, thing, the, the cool thing about the Baltic is that it's, it's, it's not saline. It's it's um, what does that mean? Freshwater. It's not oh. fresh water, but it's like the the. there's not a lot of salt content in the Baltic. Oh, really? I didn't know
0: that. That's yes.
2: So what that means is that there's very low corrosion. Mm. So there's a bunch of. So, for example, you guys like modern war history. So like the, the World War Two, a bunch of ships, U-boats, German U-boats and planes crashed. And sank in the Baltic Sea. Now, since there's there's a very low salt content in the Baltic Sea, uh, there's essentially no corrosion. So all these things are very well ma- maintained. Jeez, this so, is a gold so, mine. In,
1: Invisible. Yes,
2: yeah. So there's there's no wild, there's no marine life in the Baltic Sea. But the Baltic is still pretty famous for, or it's still pretty good for like scuba diving, because there's mm-hmm. a bunch of different shipwrecks from like World War II that you can dive on.
0: That's so cool. I'd love to do that one, day. That'd be sweet.
2: Yeah, dude, it's pretty sick. But then also this holds for old ships from like the sixteen and 1700s as well. So this Vasa ship, they actually recovered it sometime in the 90,
0: 90, 90s, I think. No,
2: maybe it was earlier. Maybe it was like in the 70s. But what they about- recovered it. And now there's a museum. They They have it displayed in a museum in central Stockholm.
0: What about any Viking ships? They have that too. Oh, dude. But
1: yeah, man, be kingo. Freaking Swedes. Pinch the Swedes. Svenska. Awesome. Uh, All right. So, Julian, welcome aboard to the show. And I want to set the little context of how I met you uh, at Montreal because I remember it specifically. So, this year I've been lucky, gotten Cody and Marcus to come along to the Polyglot gathering and the Polygot conference online. So, we had to do the whole virtual uh conferences this year but in lang fest when you're meeting in person so uh like a part of going to these language conferences there's the whole uh, like the workshops the talks and all that but really really like going is the whole social aspect i remember it was the wednesday night it was like the pre festival meetup things and it was on saint catherine street which people if you haven't been to montreal it's, definitely the coolest street like just coolest shops restaurants tons of culture everything my hostel that's for all
2: that's for brothels brothel
1: sorry oh, oh is that as well okay i didn't oh, <laughs> i didn't notice i didn't notice um, Not that i know rumor <laughs> on oh, <laughs> the street okay uh yeah so anyways i remember just i went to this one restaurant and uh, it was supposed to be the, all the Langfest people were meeting up and there's nobody there just like waiting waiting and then i don't know all these people walked through the door and i was like these look like polyglots. I don't know if there's like a look. Or a look. Is
0: there a look? Is there a I poly- think there's look.
1: a look. I would argue look. there's a look. You'd be like, yeah, this is a, these are some language guys. And Julian was part of that crew. And uh, kind of the whole Lang fest kicked off from there, man. So, uh, yeah, if you just want to tell our listeners the show, um, uh, languages you speak, languages you're interested in, what you're working on. You told us before we started the show, you're back at school. So it's kind of your language story because – big reason I wanted to start this podcast is just to talk with friends and check in with them because polyglots things are always results things are always changing so yeah man how's how's life with the languages
3: yeah um where to begin so <laughs> um I remember that uh that first night, too, you were wearing the the Montreal Ex- Expos hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I rocked that all weekend. My total <laughs> native in Montreal. Yeah.
3: Great hat. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> as you probably know, in California, I don't know, across the United States, probably to some extent, Um spanish is like the main language we learn in schools so right right um i started having classes in seventh grade um okay. so that, i guess that would have been my real first exposure to languages and um that was pretty much it up until college uh-huh. and even in i would say in middle school and high school i wasn't that like super into it it came pretty naturally i think but um i would say that was just because the pace of the classes is pretty slow i'm sure um well as a teacher of spanish and french you can probably relate to that i'm sure if you're teaching beginners must feel like the pace is pretty slow
1: (laughs) yeah yeah step by step by step for (laughs) sure man
3: yeah um so in college um we had to take a year of Spanish or a year of language to graduate. And so I was able to get out of a lot of that because I took the AP test for Spanish. Um, high school? I don't know if I'm dropping too many American references here. No, <laughs> Wait, do they, do they have AP in
2: Canada? Uh,
1: Advanced yeah. placement? Yeah. We call that it, thing? it. Depends on the Just school. Curious. Yeah. It's IB. Oh yeah. Does the states have IB? We well? have IB too. Okay. They're like two separate things. Yeah, IB is yeah. different.
2: Right. I, they have With IB the in Europe as well. IB right. is, is like global. AP is
1: is uh, purely American, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It but yeah, sorry. Canada. Right. Yeah, man. But we right. kind of yeah. get like more advanced. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um so uh, what level would AP be? Probably not that high like a b1 maybe tops um okay for high school well yeah i mean for four years of high school i guess um
1: right yeah you got that in high school then
3: yeah i mean but it was very much you know test taking not being able to communicate um Mm -hmm. even now i'm pretty confident like uh reading a book or something but you know i haven't used spanish in a long time so it'd be um it'd be difficult for me to just jump into so the...
2: so let me tell you so i lived i I, w- I lived in barcelona this fall for four months speaking spanish every day and i just got back to sweden now and I've been here for a week and I haven't really talked to anyone in Spanish. And I just had my weekly, I take like weekly italki classes with, with my like a dude down in Madrid. Yeah. And it, it was definitely a little trickier for me now after not speaking it for a week, only a week. Right. Like it felt it, 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 it I was definitely a little bit slower than I was a week ago in terms of like finding words and everything.
1: Would yeah. that just be Your environment that you're in
2: just the environment just changing the environment not speaking spanish every day has made me slower which makes sense oh, yeah, for sure like or it took is- it took me a longer time to get into it today than before than a week ago
1: okay cody you got the same experience
0: yeah i experienced that with chinese like um especially when like especially this year and recently i've really noticed it like um just because i haven't been focusing on chinese and all and, I, and what like, when I was living there, I was speaking it every day and, like, practicing a lot. And then just over the year, like, my Chinese sucks now. Like, it's actually pretty bad. Like, I whenever, like, every time I talk to a friend in Chinese now, like, I'm really slow. And I forget a lot of words. And I make lots of mistakes. Like, it's, yeah. like, uh, it's kind of concerning.
1: I, okay. But I think I've, I've always argued, never beat yourself up about If something's being rusty or slow, like it's like you said, Marcus, you'd have to, it's like you got to get back in the environment or create the environment as much as you possibly can. Yeah. So, no, I'm
2: going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing uh, an hour of Spanish, like the italki I'm going to keep taking an italki class every week. I like if I don't do that way,
1: that way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I have to at least one hour a week talking to someone. That's, that's necessary. Or at least the
0: language exchange. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just speaking yeah.
2: in that language for a week every week. Yeah. Not for minute, for an hour every week. <laughs> <a> week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Entire week. <laughs> but no, Julian, I remember though at Langfest though, like we were riffing in Spanish, pretty good though. Like you, Josh, Arturo, Marcus, and Cody have met oh, yeah. Arturo. Those are good times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was
3: another I mean, even that was what, a year and a half ago?
1: Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, last August. So yeah. I
3: haven't done anything in Spanish at right. that time. I mean, aside from yeah, incidental,
1: right, in here and
3: there type thing. Yeah. Um. So sorry, I'm dragging this out. No, um, no,
1: that's good. It. It's a long form podcast.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um. By the way, I can totally relate to that. Um. And I guess I'll get into that a little later, but um yeah I feel like that's mostly with speaking with listening and stuff it's always there like Uh um, so the next language I well I had to take this class in um, college even with the AP I had to take one more class Um, and I by the end of the class I'm like wow this is like I'm pretty much there I'm like right I can like say whatever I want in Spanish like communicate perfectly comfortably um and so i just kept taking more spanish classes and i'm like um i guess around that time i started discovering the youtube polyglots Um, okay i think every or a lot of people probably have this experience of like going down that youtube rabbit hole (laughs) where they're like what the hell this guy speaks 18 languages (laughs) it
1: It
0: totally
1: happened to me yeah
3: (laughs) yeah so then I'm like, okay, all right. Um, now, so I I got that, uh, I got a couple books. Um, that's my dog, by the way. <laughs> <What's
0: up? laughs> welcome, uh, to the
3: <laughs> welcome to the pod. Um, so I got like Fluent Forever um, oh, the by book. Gabriel Weiner. Right. Yeah, I yeah. read that book. Um, and Benny Lewis's book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And read both of those books. And it's funny because they kind of give opposite advice. Um, Benny Lewis is all about like speak from day one. Mm-hmm. And yep. Gabriel Weiner is all about like pronunciation is the most important thing. If I had an hour to learn a language, I would learn one word and spend the entire hour trying to pronounce that word. That's perfectly. That's approach, then, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum and i Mm -hmm. would say i'm probably more in the middle maybe i definitely feel like i put a lot of um emphasis on pronunciation but it depends on the language too um okay so like the next language i learned is french and um maybe you can relate to this because a couple of you i don't know if cody's learned french but i know marcus and ian have yeah
0: we all speak french okay perfect
3: so um
1: like any good canadian yeah
3: so (laughs) actually i don't know there must be a divide or there must be a difference between french canadians and uh parisians oh but i know in france (laughs) they're very (laughs) pronunciation (laughs) is very important like if you're Uh. it's like um it's very unpleasant for um a lot of french speakers to have to listen to um Quebecois, well, not just that, but American speaking French with an oh, accent, okay, like right. a thick, or like just it's very grating on their ears. Um, what was that, Cody?
0: Or just foreigners in general,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, um, so yeah, French, um, I learned for a year, and knowing Spanish, that was super quick. Um, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah. oh, cool on my way to being that's, that's three languages under my belt Yeah, man. <laughs> time to collect experience. some more yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. um and then yeah i went to france and right after that um that was when i graduated so i graduated went to france for like a week or not that long and then okay. i ended up going to korea like straight away because korea um was an opportunity to try immersion for the first time. Of course, it's not real immersion as I later found out, but, uh-huh. um, so I wanted to go abroad and see like, you know, can I tackle an Asian language yeah. while living abroad? Like now that I know how to go about learning a language. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was like my first, first like super intense experience learning like um that was my main goal at the time like every day i would spend hours anytime i had free time so are you teaching
1: yeah okay
3: i was teaching huh. english um teaching english 40 hours a week at a hogwan, which is an academy like private academy um okay. and well, you guys have all um, have all uh, started learning Korean
1: to some extent, right?
0: Oh, me and you. Uh, yeah, and actually, Marcus uh, has been
1: our observer. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kongo, Kongo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, how's it weird. going? Uh, well, get, okay, Cody, you go first because yeah, like we did our little challenge back in May and June. Oh yeah, and, let's uh, hear it. Put you guys on the spot. Oh snap! All right, palcom Chishi.
0: Yeah, well, do you want me to say something in Korean or do you just want me to talk about it?
1: Both
3: <laughs> yeah, talk man. about it in Korean.
0: Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite at that level, but I've, I've
2: noticed.
0: Come on, that... man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Oh my god. Um, see me. You uh hago I'm like I'm studying Korean very hard right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh man, yeah, it's I. have been I've been getting pretty good. I've um I've really been expanding my vocabulary lately, and I haven't had like a lot of time with speaking practice. I have a little bit. I just started taking Italki classes again. Um, but that's kind of the same thing just like once a week and um, yeah I've got um, nothing is said in stone yet but I've got ambitions I guess we'll say about uh, doing the same thing that you did actually so uh, I'd like to ask you about that actually So, like what was the process like and like do you have any tips or pointers or anything like that
3: yeah absolutely um, so I'm sure you're aware of talk to me in korean oh yeah that's like the ultimate that's that's what i'm
1: using yeah yeah
3: um they totally rebranded their site and everything um so i haven't really used it since then but they have like nine units uh, or yeah nine levels of like 30 Uh lessons each um yeah so that was my main resource for grammar um so I'd listen to the podcast and then they have like a PDF for each podcast yeah. too. Yeah. So I'd like review with yeah. that. And then um, I take those sample sentences and put it into Anki
1: and make the close cards.
0: Yes, dude. I've been um, doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm, I- I'm on, I'm on team memorize, but that's basically the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause you said you're using the talk to me in Korean course on memorize, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I'm doing is like, I'm, I kind of went nuts a while ago and I bought a bunch of their books and uh, I was talking to Ina Marcus about this uh, a while ago, but I've been doing, I've been using the over strategy and basically what you said, where you like, um, you took the sample sentences and put them in Anki. I've been, um, so I've got, here, I'll show you guys uh, some of the books I got. So I got this one
3: oh yeah i have that one or yeah. I,
0: had it. I can it vocabulary i got this uh phrase book the short phrases and of course i've got the grammar book level three i just finished level three so i'm going to be moving on to level four pretty soon and then i've got conversation for beginners and this one 500 Ooh. so i've told i told you
1: guys i wouldn't yeah. <laughs> know like i just how do you guys find this Marcus too about languages, like, I'm such an audio based guy. So Cody, you find like when you're reading, same with Julian too, when you're hearing, like seeing the Korean script, like you can hear it in your head. Yeah. Cause I am just not at that yet. Like I, I just need so much reinforcement still for certain characters. Yeah. That's- my brain can't, especially when the two sounds are punched together. Certain letters,
0: yeah. But the that's good like the
1: frequency. The
0: it's good cool. thing about talk to me Korean though is that even with these books, they have QR codes where they have the audio, or oh, you can go to the website, and you can download so the audio. That. So you get the reading. Gotcha, and gotcha. The I find that that's, that's been
1: brilliant. Great. That's brilliant. I
0: think this is like making a big difference because in the past, um, I haven't typically done that, especially mm-hmm. like when. Like before, I went to China when I was learning Chinese on my own. Like I was just reading; like I barely yeah. did anything, and it really bit me in the ass when I got there because my listening was was terrible. And like mm-hmm. it took me like a few months to be able to actually have good conversations with people. But with Korean, I think this is going to be a much different experience. I think I'm going to be like I think I'm going to hit the ground running when I well, if I, I get there. <laughs> and some, uh, some, yeah. sorry,
2: Cody. Some something that I've been thinking about doing is that. I, I, I'm going to try to download an audiobook and get the actual book as well and
0: listen mm-hmm. to the audiobook while reading
2: yeah. the actual physical book. I've never tried that, but I, but I feel like that would be very good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, so speaking about the overlearning, I think Talk to Me in Korean is very clever. I think in a lot of their resources, they use sample sentences and words and vocabulary and grammar structures at different points. Throughout their different books, if that makes any sense.
1: So, you have that overlap reinforced. Yeah. So, I've context.
0: Yeah. So, I keep getting this overlap where I've, I'm just starting to like remember things really well because I keep seeing them over and over mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And I find this, really. it's really the
1: recognition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah.
3: like real life Anki. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you
3: encountered the, that's, um, yeah
0: yeah that's the way to
3: go about it because then you're remembering the sentences that you encountered the word in exactly
0: yeah and with with Anki like I have been I haven't been just like putting individual words in like the typical flashcard approach where it's just like oh word 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 I've been putting these sentences that I see in the talk to me in Korean books and I um, Mm -hmm. and then when I'm like usually after lunch or so I do a bit of like review on Anki and then I just see all these sentences that I've seen before. And I like, I don't even like when usually by the second or third time I see these sentences, like I've got them remembered. So yeah.
3: Sentence cards are the way to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think chunking the language is important because I think, I think it's that sweet Goldilocks spot where you can't be just one individual word yet. You can't like put a whole paragraph and say (laughs) Anki or memorize. So that chunk, I've been doing that with my German. There's that a health, uh, help Harry learn Deutsch. Uh, Deutsche Vela program. They have PDFs for all the episodes. I just copy and paste what I believe is a good chunk, and then when I review that, it's like you said, you're seeing that word but in a context of a sentence. And then, like I said, repeat, 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 get that spaced repetition in. And yeah, I think this can go be across the board for any language like that. So okay, yeah. so so Julian, you had your French and Spanish, and then you said like same i have the same mentality like okay i know how to learn a language now but then were there any like with korean what have you found to be like the biggest new challenges to like your language learning mm-hmm. and then i guess we should—we haven't even got to like what level you speak it at nowadays but that's i guess good going back to your journey
3: yeah that's a good question um and by the way marcus's approach of listening while reading mm-hmm. that would be um probably the best approach to figure out how to like hear the script in real time when you're reading yeah. Um, build that connection between the audio and the reading. I think, yeah, at the beginning, audio is definitely um, really important to get lots of audio exposure. Um, But yeah, to answer your question, I would say the hardest part is actually not, Um, The language itself, but more about the larger culture, which is that um, English is very um, highly valued in Korea um, and everyone feels a lot of pressure to learn English. Anytime you apply Mm -hmm. for even a basic job, like a cafe job, you have to submit your English certification. Um, Everybody there learns English from typically elementary school, rich people from the time, you know, they'll go to English preschools. Um, and, and yeah, even, um, just like average middle-class, um, Korean students are not only learning English in uh, public school, but they're all going to private academies throughout the week, um, learning English and, They don't do it in the most effective way so even by the time they graduate they're not um the typical student is not necessarily very conversational in english um but they have the way they learn is very much like direct memorization translation Uh um korean to english and so um anyway long story short the biggest problem is that um, once they see an opportunity to practice English, they they want to practice English. And so uh, even if you're in Korea, especially if you're in um, an international city like Seoul, uh-huh. um, it's hard to find opportunities to actually use Korean because um, they want to
1: practice their English. Your free English practice. Exactly.
3: Knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at first that was very um i don't know what the word is it was comforting in a way because you know i was in a foreign country for the first time i had never been to asia so Uh someone comes up to me and starts a conversation in english it was very um i was like oh cool it was like comforting (laughs) like oh english i'm gonna understand (laughs) yeah yeah um and i was like oh everyone's so nice but then i got a bit more cynical um uh-huh. i don't know if cynical is the right word but
0: i i Jayden? know what you're getting i know where you're getting with this i had a yeah. very, very similar feeling in china it wasn't cynical but it was like it was like irritating <laughs> yeah it was
2: a little bit irritating yeah yeah uh, guys this, this is a classic feeling so i've told you guys what mm. i do right i i literally tell people that i don't speak english
3: yeah That's, I learned that way too late.
1: (laughs) That is the ultimate hack, then. Like, Marcus, you're in Barcelona. So, Marcus, in Barcelona, how does that work there? Like,
2: so well, the thing is, English practice in Barcelona. The good thing about Spain is that they all suck at English, most of them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, most people are really bad at English. I don't know. Like, I've talked about this before on the pod, but like, if you go to like Mexico, like, most people are fluent in English and they're able to to maintain a conversation. I think like they're all very good at English um, generally, but in Spain, <laughs> Spain, the, the English level is, is very, very bad. And it's something that I found hilarious because um, for example, when they try to pronounce Different words in English it become. It, they do it in a very funny way. So, for example, like YouTube would be like YouTube or or Starbucks would be Starbucks or something like that. Yeah. And uh, but 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 the point that I was trying to make is that every once in a while you encounter a person that's that that's fluent in English, right? It's so like for at the airport, for example, like I was walking around, I was getting some, I was doing some some um, duty free shopping. And the lady there was obviously fluent in English. She, she asked me like, "Oh, do you do you want me to speak English instead?" And I was like, "No, no, entiendo inglés, entiendo castellano." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she's like, "All
2: right, all right, it's it it fine because like my 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 castellano is obviously like good enough." So yeah, I
1: yeah, right? I know. Okay, do whatever, right? But yeah. um, but
2: I do that all the time, like. At, Oftentimes, when I was in Barcelona, every once in a while, I would encounter a person who was fluent in English and had um, ganas, mm-hmm. who who was uh, who wanted to speak practice English. Yeah. And what I did then was to just assume that I didn't speak. I, I told the person, literally, I told the person that I didn't speak English. I couldn't understand
1: what they were trying to say. Okay, but can that fly if you're in Korea, though? Like, Yeah, so
3: I tried it um, a little okay. too late. You know, after, I just don't like to, um, I don't like to lie, especially to someone. <laughs>
1: that, <laughs> You're too honest, man.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, especially, you know, I don't know that, like, I feel like, like once I get in a lie, it's going to be like, all right, now I have to keep this up. If I see this Perpetual. person again. What <laughs> right. no. you said? Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, like literally the last day in Korea, I was um, I was heading home. I had a huge bag of luggage, and I'm carrying it. And an old man is like, "Oh, very heavy." Um, and I, and then I was just like, "What?" I was like, uh, "What would you say?" And I just pretended I didn't understand him. I'm like, "Uh, I'm from Poland. I don't." I'm speaking of it. <laughs> um and it was a very awkward interaction but i think it also kind of exposes the fakeness of people like i don't like because he instantly was like oh i don't want to have a conversation with this guy anymore um when he realized I was
1: gonna be in korean
3: yeah okay because like he was only interested in having a conversation with me so he could practice his english um
1: okay yeah yeah
3: so that yeah i guess the word would be jaded i guess that's the word yes perfect yeah so yeah i got very jaded and but yeah that's the approach um unfortunately because even if you're like oh like if you're like um trying to be like oh i want to practice my korean they'll they have a very um A very strong mentality that it's like being considerate of someone um to Mm. to speak to them in english um and for a lot of people exactly so they think they're being polite they don't and they don't understand a lot of um koreans kind of have a an inferiority complex about their country like because Mm. it hasn't been a um the the kind of economic world power that it is today for a long time that's right um, yeah
1: yeah so like the 80s right it's kind of what exactly it's yeah. um
3: yeah they call it the miracle of han river hangang oh, okay. which is the river in seoul uh-huh. um just a huge economic leap in the 90s i believe yeah um, Asian so yeah. so that's kind of uh, baked into the mentality of the culture is like, um, wow! Like the notion to a lot of Koreans that some some foreigner would actually want to learn their language, and like learn about their culture, um, is a very foreign concept to a lot of Koreans. And so,
1: and that's um, still the mentality. I would think? say
3: that's the mentality with older generations. Okay, um,
1: uh-huh.
3: Yeah. So one thing that's really interesting um, is that, like I said, um, most Koreans will speak English to some extent. Um, and that's mm-hmm. um, especially true of the younger generation. Um, and so especially when I'm a beginner, the conversations would tend to default to English because my Korean was shit. Um, <laughs> quite
1: frankly It can last for so long and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, And then um,
3: And then the people that didn't speak English Were people that I Had nothing in common with Like, oh, that's a, God, like I, of that. I don't You know like My landlord for example Only spoke to me in Korean But it's like We had nothing in common She's like an 80 <laughs> year old um, You know Korean woman who's like um you know like what are we going to talk about like nothing to talk about um
1: Uh so you still need those relationships with certain people then you're saying like to to form like a language bond yeah
3: yeah so um it's very difficult to um to have relationships or friendships that are strictly in korean Whereas uh-huh, that might not uh-huh. be the case with other languages, where um, English isn't as culturally important, like Japanese, for example, um, I'm sure I could. Um, granted, I haven't, I haven't um, really made that many Japanese friends, but in Japan, um, totally different experience. Um, just traveling there, where yeah. people just default to Japanese all the time. Um oh. even at the airport, which was bizarre because like you're working at the airport, you'd expect it's them international to, place. Right. Um yeah. so that was so actually I guess that kind of goes into my next language. So yeah, I was really jaded yeah, about man. Korean. Okay. Took a trip to Japan and That's I wanted This to was right
1: them. before I sorry, this is right after I met you.
3: This was um, You were telling before. me all about this trip before That's i met annoying. oh yeah so i've been to japan like three times now um
1: oh, okay okay. So okay the first
3: time i went to japan i was like i think i had learned the characters like hiragana and katakana, katakana uh-huh. and um but yeah i went there and i was like yo everyone's speaking japanese to me i wasn't <laughs> expecting it I was like damn Weird. i should have come more prepared like um yeah, yeah. and so yeah i was like dude why am i learning korean if no one's gonna speak to me in korean like i should be learning japanese okay. um and so anyway long story short i got to a pretty high level in korean like i got topic level six um okay and you know i was pretty comfortable just, for the listeners
1: what are the topics again because i've seen that yeah. as the new learner that i am what are top what is topic again so
3: Topic is test of proficiency in Korean. Uh, okay, and okay. it's like um, maybe Cody's familiar with the HSK. Um, yeah. So topic goes level one is the lowest, like A1, and level uh-huh. six is the highest. Right. And um, supposedly it's supposed to map to the European, the CEFR. Yeah. So six would be C2. Realistically, oh. I think it's more of like a B2. Okay. Um, okay. The test is, um, I'm sure HSK is the same. It's listening, multiple choice, reading, multiple choice, and then there's a brief writing section.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah, but with HSK, you actually don't have to write. Okay,
3: so, <laughs> yeah, so you can... <laughs> because, like, yeah.
0: Writing in Chinese is completely, that's a completely different ball game, right?
3: Right, right. Same with JLPT. For Japanese, they go N1 to N5, n5 is the lowest actually it's confusing um n1 is the highest level um and i got n2 um a couple years ago in a super short period of time and um i would attribute that to all the knowledge i had of korean um cody i'm sure you found that chinese and korean have a lot of overlap in vocabulary Uh, That
1: that was his edge yeah that's a
3: huge advantage Huge advantage over Ian.
0: Mad Ian?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I was like, I'm approaching this like cold turkey or is... no, of course I'm not mad. I'm that's like, use your cognates galore. That's like my philosophy.
0: Yeah. 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 So, but seriously though, yeah. Chinese and Korean, they've got a very lot of similar.
1: Well, then yet. the Japanese too, though, right? Japanese too. And yeah. you just said how you got N2 pretty yeah. much based off your Korean.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I had to put in a lot of time studying Japanese. Japanese, there's this deck called the Core Ten K Sentences. Okay. So it's ten thousand vocabulary words in sentences. Um, So you get the context, and there's audio with it. So I completed that whole Anki deck over a couple years, and you know, by the end of that, I have a vocabulary of ten thousand words. Mm -hmm. Um. I've got like all these audio, these sentences I've heard multiple times again and again. Um, and it's like the same thing Cody was talking about. the um, You get the repetition because, oh, I heard that word here and here. Um, and so, yeah, basically just from that. And I did this thing called WaniKani. It's a website. Oh, are you talking to learn about that? kanji? Yeah. Okay. Um, another SRS website. Yeah. Although I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for um, Cody. Have you maybe you tried the Heisigs or the Remembering the? I know in Japanese there's a book called Remembering the Kanji, which is yeah also uh-huh. very popular. Um, yeah. And I think Chinese has their own version of that.
0: Um, no, I never used anything like that. I I just learned the the characters through. Ah, uh, mostly through writing when I was in school. and then I did a lot of writing uh, bef- like at home before I went to China, and also just from like reading a lot, and like that's how I learned. I didn't like sit down and like have a book where I memorized uh characters.
3: Mm. Mm, that sounds a tough,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was fairly difficult, but I mean, I just I put a lot of time into it. and it's paid off now because like now I look at like if I look at any kind of like average Chinese text I can understand most of it and that's like that's I found like learning how to read in Chinese is such a cool experience because and I think back to the time before I didn't speak any Chinese and like I would have looked at something like that and I would have thought I can't even put sounds to that Mm-hmm. like that's just scribbling on paper that's what that was but now i can look at that and be like i can just read everything and Be like oh like i can sound it out <laughs> i know what it means it's like well it's like oh, it's so cool
3: yeah yeah that's the allure of asian languages is like it's almost like you're learning a spy code or something
0: like, <laughs> yeah a little bit eh? yeah, 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 like here's different.
3: this like yeah meaningless scribbles on paper and then a, two years later you're like a new version of yourself. Yes, you can communicate you can in a secret it. language with these other people. Yeah, God, it it's like it is cool. Yeah,
2: well, well, I can imagine it's kind of like that with Russian and Ukrainian too, right? Yeah, yes,
1: yeah, Cyrillic, uh huh, Cyrillic. Oh, totally, right? Because you're like, oh, I totally know what this is <laughs> now. Type of thing. Yeah, and but Grant, luckily, Cyrillic, I believe, is a complete walk in the park. At least learning the the alphabet compared to even the Korean alphabet still throws me off here. Nine months in, like at times, um, but yeah, the symbols and like I just feel like that's that's just a new uh, sphere of memorization compared oh, to yeah for sure recognizing I'll... like Cyrillic symbols, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. So, uh, Julian, did you did you live in Japan?
1: No, I never lived in Japan. Um,
3: yeah, I did briefly travel there shortly after I met Ian, I did a two week trip there. Um, But yeah, I think in total I spent maybe um, a month in Japan and that didn't really help my language at all. It was kind of like a motivational thing, I guess, because um, I got to use it a little bit, but yeah, most of my Japanese was outside of um, outside of Japan and Japanese is its own language community and they oh, yeah, they're are, are hardcore. intense. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. fucking intense. <laughs> Ski, uh, are we allowed to use profanity on this podcast? Uh, Excuse yeah, my phone.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Like doing the Twitter for our, uh, this podcast, like, because I follow, try to follow all types of language communities and Japanese is, yeah. they are like, they, they're so hardcore about it. I love it. I love to see it. It's just like whoa! Like once you get into Japanese, it seems like you—that is your life. Like
0: really, aja. Okay,
1: but what do you mean by that? They're—they just—they, they're very dedicated.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know if it's the anime or, um, just okay. So there's there's a strong connection to the culture. Yeah, yeah, but I would just feel, even those that aren't completely wrapped in the culture, I just feel like. Like, but I feel like
2: I feel like everyone who learns Japanese like loves the anime or Pokemon or whatever like video games.
1: This could be no. Like Julian, what's your favorite element of Japanese culture? Like, yeah, wasn't that, I wasn't that. I wasn't
3: super into um, anime. In fact, I tried to watch a lot to learn, and I was uh-huh. so many of them were just so boring to me, <laughs> okay. which right. I found disappointing because I was like, oh. You know, that's one of the things that helps a lot in the language if you have tons of like fun resources that you can, you know, mm-hmm. kind of casually practice the language. I know Marcus was talking about all these Spanish podcasts. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, like if you're craving like, oh, cool, I can listen to this. It doesn't feel like uh, like, Laborous. study at all. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So unfortunately, I didn't really have that experience with Japanese. I tried tons of um, animes. Terrace House was my go to. Um, which if you're not familiar, Terrace House is a reality show um, with three Japanese girls and three Japanese guys living together. And it's very different from the typical American reality shows of that nature in that all the drama is very like, um, the people are a lot more, what's the word? It's a lot less trashy then <laughs> okay American like reality or shows. Something? yeah oh it's a reality um, show. no it's a reality show yeah oh, okay. um and it's huge another huge thing in the japan it's like the ultimate resource because you have um you know the natural everyday situational japanese uh-huh. um but yeah to kind of piggyback off what ian was saying earlier japanese um the learning community has this thing called ajat um which is all japanese all the time
1: and okay uh, do you know mad versus japan the youtube yeah yeah okay i think he's made videos with this yeah okay
3: and then he went off with that and did the mass immersion approach i think Uh now he has another name for it yeah it's something Um, different yeah but yeah the basic idea is like live breathe japanese all the time like Uh if you want to learn the language and you're serious about it Um, and he took it to some extremes at some times, I think like he was advocating putting in earphones and sleeping with Japanese running, (laughs) you know, like, like, um, which to me is taking it to a new extreme. Um, and I think he even has discussed this before it, like, it becomes a bit of a, kind of like a neuroticism like almost like a like unhealthy obsession okay. with learning because uh, I, every time yeah. every time you're not studying you're feeling guilty and you're like oh shit i'm neglecting you know i still get uh-huh. that sometimes with korean i'm like shit yeah. i only did like half an hour of korean like <laughs>
0: Right. I only did seven hours today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Seven of not the of hours That's like lacquer nation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but that right. guys, this would be my argument for
2: not learning too many languages. Exactly. And I agree with that. Wait, I've what? come What's your argument? That. My What's argument your... for not learning too many languages would be Is that what? it's, it's At some point it gets impossible to maintain all of them because basically when you learn a language and I know you guys can relate to this, you essentially have to create your own new little identity. Like when I learned Spanish, like I'm learning Spanish. I have to create like this, this little Spanish Marcus, like this Marcus Spanish identity Marcus. Yes. Right. And, and you have to like really work on developing that version of yourself. Right. And it's not just like reading books and listening to podcasts. Like you have to develop your own, like you have to really learn the culture and like dive into the culture. Like you do have to breathe, like you said, Julian. Like you have to breathe that culture, that language for. Like you have to make it a significant part of your life mm. in order to learn. I it. don't. You don't have to.
0: Yes, if but you, if you if want to learn, want to get really good, you have
2: to. Yes,
1: you do. You have you to. You want to do it fast and efficient. Yeah. Right. Like but you, you don't can mind learn taking it, like, your time
2: like we were talking about this before, like you can learn it superficially and like have a basic conversation. Like, Hey, good morning. How are you? Yada, yada, yada. Like yeah. I can do that in Portuguese in a week. Yeah, right. I easy. can just go through the Pimster program and, and get like attain, like a basic conversational level. Mm-hmm. But that's not really, that's not really my goal. Like I get, right. the, the, what's the your goal? Menta- it's all about your goals. I get, I, I get my dab I get the dabbling mentality. Like it'd be sick to do that in like four or five different languages. Like if I can do that in Catalan, Portuguese, romanian turkish whatever like that'd be cool but then you also want to have your core where you actually have yeah. a yeah, higher yeah. level of fluency right fun and fun. in order to do that you do have to develop this new identity this new right. version but it's yourself. going back
1: to julian's point about if you get to the point of neurotic where if you feel like you're not reaching those expectations of yourself that you might feel guilty or that, right. or i don't happen. i've come to a point where i don't care like i just like yeah, I yes
2: but you're yeah you're, you're good at that you at that but but i yeah. i can imagine like let's take luca lampariello Let, let's take luca lampariello which is he's he has native fluency in like five languages at
0: like least. that's
2: got to be so hard for him to ma- maintain don't you guys think
0: yeah absolutely yeah
2: right but cuz he he's obviously and he obviously like this is his life he spends 99% of his time uh maintaining these languages right obviously mm-hmm. uh but the point is, the point is that's that's all of you, That's got to be so hard for him because he ha- he he has five different versions of himself in these five different languages.
0: You have to you have to dedicate your life to that. Like that's that's the only way to do it. Right. Yeah.
3: I think he's he's talked about it. He lives with um, people that speak different languages. He's got a whole routine, and even his work. Um like he's coaching in different languages so he's really yeah, yeah. built that into his life but
1: yeah it's I think that's the key point how do you build it in right like for me I teach Spanish and French so I, that's how I check my boxes for maintaining those languages right like I, just, I get I get paid for it so it's fun that way right but then just while I'm eating my morning cereal if I'm rocking some Ukrainian podcast that's just like how I've weaved it into my day I would say so I feel like I'm not like like thrashing away on one language. It's just like when I sit in my car, it's nothing but Radio Canada. So there's my 15 minutes a day driving. I'm getting that. So I just feel like if you can kind of make seamless little inputs into your life, little nodes, then uh, that's how you can do a stress-free uh, dabble or stress-free multiple languages coming at you kind of thing. That's, but I feel it's like a lifestyle design thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I agree.
3: Yeah, I agree with both uh, Marcus and Ian. I think like if you're really serious about getting attaining a very high level of proficiency mm-hmm. and yeah. maintaining it, then you can't commit to a lot of languages. It's just impossible. Um, and so that's why I kind of um, gave up on Japanese. I wouldn't say gave up because. Same so with Spanish
1: eased, and eased French. On it. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm not using it at all, but I know it's yeah. there. It's dormant. Yeah, and dormant. Yeah. With French, I had a weird experience of watching a movie. Um, this is a movie that um, I think it wasn't originally in French. Basically, it's this. It's a really cool movie. I really liked it. Everyone puts their
1: phone on the table. Oh, is this oh! A I watched
0: that movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: What's it? Yeah, that's that's the thumbnail no of the yeah yeah exactly yeah, what okay. was that called do you know cody oh, um,
0: i can't remember but yeah I know which one you're talking about
3: i just saw the thumbnail i'm like damn this looks cool and so i watched it in french um with french subtitles yeah like two years after not using any french and i was like i understand pretty much everything like right. i could yeah. not you know nothing to hide anything yeah uh-huh. yes that's it okay. yeah, yeah. That's got to be
2: it. Um,
3: Two uh, years.
1: yeah.
2: To someone who hasn't watched this movie, this sounds very weird.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So basically, they all have stuff to hide. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was nothing to hide, man. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's like there's lots of drama in that. um, Like, yeah, I won't spoil it. I'm sure you'll all go watch it right after. Yeah, probably, yeah. I'm on holidays. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I think it was actually a remake of, I don't know. Anyway, but that was my, okay, cool. I cannot learn French for two years and it's still uh-huh. there. Right. But yeah. Going back to that, uh, the Japanese learning community and they yeah. have that whole mentality of all Japanese all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it becomes very toxic and it's even like, people who are more casual about learning languages like if you don't have the goal of achieving native like proficiency then you're scoffed at and like it's very, <laughs> well, very toxic
1: is this particularly the japanese thing you're talking about because this is well you know josh who we met at langfest julian so yeah, yeah word snobbyglot, that's, snobby glot which snobby exactly referred to like anyone that's like stuck up <laughs>
3: yeah Dude and that applies to i guess that could apply to anything in life really um Uh, yeah the people that are overly passionate about something and they ruin it by for the way too serious yeah exactly so um so i feel like i've kind of um straddle or found myself on all ends of the spectrum throughout yeah throughout my journey. but now i'm just um now i'm like super into reading in korean um, okay so i read a bunch of books and yeah there's lots of good korean books that aren't available in other languages um and yeah i'm just like getting really into reading in korean like the um,
1: literature
3: literature yeah or oh, okay. i read a lot of essay books so a lot of non um uh-huh. right like yeah there's some there's some good stuff out there so um yeah and Korean dramas, I found, like, the same experience with uh, anime, and Japanese, just so much utter trash. Like, <laughs> it's not my thing, most of them. Yeah. There's and some I found, like, good sadly,
0: sadly with Korean, it's this, kind of, like, the same thing with, like, the Japanese culture, is that pretty much, like, my experience has been, like, 80 to 90% of people learning Korean are, like, obsessed with K-pop and K-dramas and things like that.
1: Yeah, which Ian. I was not. Yeah, I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, like no, I really enjoy K-pop. Like, who who do you like? Blackpink, uh, for starters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, their new show on Netflix. That's why I wanted to come back to how you said how uh, Korea said they have a bit of an inferiority complex. I feel like K-pop is changing that because. It was interesting. They interviewed the producer of Blackpink in the documentary. And he's like, we're just making pop music for Korea. And it just has international stardom. He's like, why doesn't every country in the world do this? And I don't know. It's just somehow a reason people have become fixated with K-pop um, in that regard. So, yeah, in terms of like wanting a break and just to learn about Korea and soak up some what I think are pretty catchy, fun tunes. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, k-pop's been a fun little i've learned zero korean from like pretty much zero korean from the songs but i've just had oh, enjoyed yeah. it immensely
3: yeah um, well one fun aspect of k-pop if you get super into it is once you're in korea you can go to the noraebang which is the norae dude
1: yeah,
3: you guys after all, me and you went to one. oh um, yeah of course <laughs> karaoke Wait. oh yeah, with yeah, Azrin, yeah. With Azrin, yeah. Language right 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 <laughs> um but they go like solo you know that's or oh like yeah like you know korean people let off some steam after work uh-huh go solo to the norebang just sing a few tunes and you're you're good to <laughs> I, go i, can
2: see, yeah, I actually, can see
0: cody doing that yeah that's the cody thing
1: <laughs> tough day at work cody where are you off yeah. to the norebang? okay
0: i've actually got a question about this so in china they actually have like singing booths like in in malls and just like on the street where you can just like go and like it's kind of like like an arcade game but like a you have your own singing booths so i just thought that was the funniest thing See, like people just going in there after a day at work like you guys just said like oh i just gotta get a sing out like oh <laughs> <laughs> do they have the same thing in korea
3: um i don't know that they have like, I think I've seen like booths at an arcade or something, but literally. you know, they have these literally on every block the norebangs. Um, <laughs> really? awesome. so, yeah, but you, um, there's also noreba and norebang, they'll like slightly alter the lettering to, um, to let people know that it's, um, like you can have call girls and stuff. There's like the family friendly oh. norebangs and then the, Oh, the, like call a prostitute. Oh, Jeez. oh
0: yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: Jeez. Um, okay, but yeah, K pop. As for the comment you made earlier, Ian, about like, oh, we're just making music for Korea, I don't believe that at all. No, I do, especially okay. now. I mean, they're they know the international market, that yeah, they have. like the amount and, of
1: English uses, yeah. I
3: yeah, mean, BTS. True. Their last song is entirely one hundred percent in English. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and I
1: yeah. I find that kind of
3: disappointing because it's like you have this opportunity now uh-huh. to like spread Korean to the world, and you're yeah. kind of like, you know, yeah,
0: which, it's all for the money. It's all for the money at the end of the day. Sell out.
1: No, I think it's interesting. Links. So I think I because I listen to a ton of reggaeton Spanish music, like like lots of us do, and you're seeing like collaborations of. English artists with Spanish artists and I'm noticing that more and more like uh Pitbull he was on uh, I forget the he's on this one k-pop album this past year <laughs> and like there's all to a, uh, Lady Gaga and Blackpink have collaborated so I feel yes like to get more and more international they might uh sway more English but I'm pretty sure that Blackpink song with Lady Gaga like there's Korean in it so hopefully hopefully for us language learners and just exposing culture yeah they keep those elements and then that could just become more normalized and like you're driving in california and on the radio a k-pop song comes on it's like a korean on the radio
3: yeah yeah i think that's cool with blackpink especially i think um uh i don't know about all of them but some of them at least are native speakers of english like grew up in canada yeah,
1: yeah they all kind of interesting stories like the one yeah. girl in australia one girl's from thailand yeah
3: yeah like most of them don't have accents at all or um korean accents when they speak okay. english so yeah yeah. as yeah. opposed to like bts i would say most of them don't speak native level english one of them's really good at english Uh uh-huh. um don't yeah. quote me on this i no, no, I'm not no. <laughs> i'm no bts <laughs> expert, i don't know um... how many
1: hardcore k-pop fans we have on our show but stands 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 yeah Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just like find that's an interesting element. But yeah, okay, maybe you're right. Calling bullshit on that producer for
3: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's all about the money. So like <laughs> they would be like we're just making songs for Korea. Like that would be such a foolish approach. <laughs> like, you no, know? like
1: Yeah, you think about the
3: That market. would make no sense financially. Like I think
0: originally, we, originally that might have been the case, but now certainly not.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But I would say before Blackpink even came about probably um, I'm not sure how long they've been um, active. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean K-pop has been obviously around for a while. Are you familiar yeah. with Wonder Girls?
1: No. Is I that mean, an original one?
3: yeah so wonder girls is this k-pop group um i mean even big bang has been around for over 20 years now i believe okay um and they're like maybe the biggest k-pop group ever before bts right um okay
1: yeah i know there's a history like a backstory like from like some of the youtube youtube that i've watched (laughs) yeah
3: yeah um yeah, you could really go down that
1: rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, um, it's a rabbit hole itself. Yeah, But
3: I, I find that to be pretty toxic, too, because, you know, they, I don't know Blackpink's story. You probably know much better than I do. But, you know, these people, they, like, control their lives when they're teenagers. Right, 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 um, right, right.
1: It's a factory. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's a factory. Churns out, you know, get your plastic surgery, take your dance lessons, take your private English right. lessons. Like, their whole schedule is um managed to a T, and it's like for for a shot at becoming big some of them don't even yeah yeah
0: yeah and actually i was looking up a while ago on the internet like why is k-pop so popular and Uh that's actually like some of the results i was finding is because of this like um like this factory that they have where it's mm-hmm. like manufacture, it's just kind of just like the fast food industry where where they like they engineer and manufacture everything to be addictively delicious. Well, it's it's, it's, it's like
2: it's like Chinese gymnasts, no?
0: Yeah, same thing. Yeah,
1: that that seems to fit into like Korea's wider because you talked about how they have their main school and then they go to like English school after. That's like that seems to fit still into like the Korean. Mentality, East maybe East, Asia, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh-huh.
0: Very, they have a very intense mentality towards life,
1: D- aspiring and uh, developing yourself. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's like whatever you're doing, like you throw 100 of your energy. Into it. Like you look at their work culture too. Like in China, Korea, and Japan, like the work culture there is is insane i've never seen any kind of a work ethic unlike people there it was so crazy
2: how are God. rates of depression very that's, high that's burnout
0: thing. yeah because they work so damn hard yeah people are just so strung out all the time and depression suicide's very very high but-
3: yeah i mean you could probably search right now um and find tons of articles about some Japanese worker who was overworked and committed suicide or died from overworking, died from exhaustion. Those stories are, um, numerous, numerous.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, man, that's intense. Right. Yeah.
3: Um, in Korea it's like, I feel like it's very fake in that way. Like, the appearance of working all the time is more mm. valued than working the all the work time getting done. So yeah, like you have to be at the office until the boss leaves, even if you're not doing anything or you don't have any work to do. So mm-hmm. in that way, it's like, what's the point? It's just about appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. And even in my own experience, like when I had no work to do, I was forced to stay for, you know, the, assigned um, hours. And I'm like, what's okay. the point of me yeah. sitting at this desk like, being... on YouTube? <laughs> right. I just have to be here. It, it didn't make sense to me. Um, but yeah. yeah.
2: So, so um, I was talking to my, my, my supervisor, my boss in, in Spain. And uh, we were just talking about like how the, and he, he's into environmental research, right? And we we're just talking about how the industry has changed within the past decade. And what he told me is that what used to be like a four or five year dissertation, mm-hmm. I like think the, the amount of work that uh, graduate students performed in like five years is, mm-hmm. what th- is what they produce now in a couple of months in China. So we said it's, it's really hard to be competitive academically and produce original research when there's this crazy Academic work ethic right now in the, primarily China, right? So that these guys Two have taken months. it to another level. Yeah, in a couple months, he said. So like, what used to be four, or five legit? years. And it's legit. It's quality. Uh, yeah, better. It's getting better and better. It used to be a lot of. Um, it used to be a lot of uh, cheating and uh, uh, plagiarism, mm-hmm. and right. uh, uh, IP infringements. Like that, right. they have a history of that, as we mm-hmm. all know. They do, but yeah. but it's more and more becoming um, original work that they're producing, right. and it's it's at a Oof. crazy rate, right? So they've essentially cheated their way uh, to the front line. way. and now they and now they have just a, a, a much higher rate of improvement or a higher velocity that they're they're overtaking productivity. Western research. Hmm. Uh, productivity, and we can't really match it. We can match it in terms of creativity, and and uh, I guess original thinking, but but they just have another level of work <laughs> ethic that that's hard to compete with.
1: Well, yeah, this was different work cultures than a, and uh what yeah. the priorities are in a society.
2: Yeah, but I mean, like I mean, like we have a lot of graduate students at the University of Calgary from Asia. Yeah, and it is very common. So, like, I promise you, if I go to the lab, if I go to the university, mm-hmm. on a Sunday night at eleven at midnight, Sunday at midnight, I promise you there are going to be Asians working burning, in the lab. Right like in the midnight. Yes,
0: that's guaranteed.
2: Awesome. And it's very common that you you come there in the morning and you find people sleeping in their chairs in their offices, um, hmm. and they're oftentimes from those countries
1: ties back to the hardcore language learners and it's like quit slacking off everybody <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: okay something else
0: yeah, like there's, yeah. oh, there's gotta be like about ba- like you gotta have a work-life balance i feel like, yeah. gotta, like in western countries sometimes like we can be a little bit too lazy but at the same time in countries like like in east asia like they, they just they work too hard and like you gotta Find some kind mm-hmm. of a middle ground where you like you manage to enjoy your life and you live in mm-hmm. a way that you that 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 um, you're not stressed out all the time, but at the same time like you're working hard and you're achieving things, right? Like that's the balance that I try to achieve in my life.
2: Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But I mean, like the the, the dichotomy is quite interesting. Like here in Sweden, for example, if you work on a weekend. And I was talking. I was actually it was really funny. I was talking to one of my coworkers down in Spain about this. Who had a friend who went to Sweden, and he had a lot of work to do, so he came in on the weekends. And he was ridiculed for working on a Saturday. Like they made fun of him. <laughs> doing? Yeah. They-, they look down on you. If the- but that's that's one hundred percent true. Like and like growing up here, going to high school here, like that's that's one hundred percent true. Like if you have an overachieving mindset you will that's that people will look down on you for that
1: wasn't well, it common in nordic and uh like Germany, like shops are closed on sunday like, isn't
2: that uh so not not too much up here okay. but in, in spain i told you guys about this yeah in spain, you told us that, yeah it's it, it's yeah. essentially impossible to go grocery shopping on a sunday right essentially impossible yeah. like if you want to go buy milk on a sunday it's gonna it's gonna take you some time to find a place that's open Usually, the the only places that are open on on Sundays are are like immigrant run supermarkets because mm, mm-hmm. they just they right. they don't care they work twenty four seven. But like right. like the big the big supermarket chains,
0: mm-hmm. right? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're
2: gonna be closed. Like the Safeway of 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 Spain, it's called Mercadona. Mm-hmm.
1: Always closed Sunday. <laughs> right. Vagos. Yeah.
2: yeah. Spanishes vagos. <laughs>
1: So, Jillian, what are you working on right now with Berkeley? Are you back at school? You said?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm studying at the Graduate School of Education
1: here. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. About education.
3: Right. So, yeah. So, I'm in social research methodologies and I'm trying to kind of um, um, go the language direction with that because I okay. think there's a lot of um, interesting stuff to be done in that field. I feel like there is definitely um, a gap right now between the academia and the like um, YouTube polyglot kind of like Mm -hmm. the like people that kind of find their own approach to learning. Um, Right. And so I'm interested in like studying that kind of stuff. Like um, yeah, all the different methods and Uh
1: you know, so many methods nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, Every YouTube, like that's my definition of a polyglot is just someone that has their own method. That's what I, I don't even look at like the number of languages now. Like this person learns this way, their peculiar, unique way. Yeah. So okay. So is the research trying to like quantify it? Yeah. Or?
3: I guess I, you know, I went into this without like a ton of knowledge about the program or anything. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, it's trying to. Um, use quantitative methods to, um, analyze qualitative data. Um, okay. so yeah, like I, I had that survey. I, I know yeah. I had to fill out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Korean one. Yeah,
3: exactly. So we took that and we, um, by we, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I analyzed that using this thing called a right map, um, which is basically, you look at all the different questions or items they're called, and yeah. see what the difficulty is um, of each item based on how people tended to respond, and then um, kind of look at um, where the difficulty um, deviated from what was expected, and were there items where people who had a really high proficiency in terms of motivation because that's what Mm -hmm. i was measuring right um see if they underperformed on certain items or whatever um so like yeah with that i'm just i was trying to just figure out a way to categorize people into different levels of motivation okay um and so like i found like I wouldn't say I found anything particularly interesting but I learned a lot personally about how to like construct those kinds of
1: instruments um right just social research tools
3: Exactly so yeah. like some of the questions were super way too easy like one of the one of the items was I wish I could speak Korean fluently are perfectly, it was I wish I like could, everyone's five. like, strongly agree. So even if you have super low motivation, you don't care about <laughs> like, so sweet. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, okay, got to throw out that question. That was a stupid question. <laughs> yeah, trial and, stuff and error. Like that. Yeah, oh, cool, um, man. but not sure what direction I'm going. So hopefully I'll be able to do cool stuff with that. Yeah. I also don't like, incidentally, the monetization of language learning. I feel like it's a lot yeah. of like snake oil salesmen and stuff.
1: There's, sure. yeah, there's some videos <laughs> creeping up. I think Matt, speaking of Matt versus Japan, he just did one about fake snake oil language salesmen.
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. And it's like, yeah, the you don't have to spend any money to learn a language. I mean, yeah, even talk it's... to me in Korean. They have all those things. I'm. They have still free online, right? All the lessons.
0: Yeah, honestly, I could have done that, but I was just in a mood one day. I was like, I'm going
1: to buy Oh, yeah. No, yes. no, no. no. <laughs> That's great. And support the possible to spend. Yeah. And support a good product for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have to, is the thing. Yeah. Like for example, the Memrise, the ta- all of Talk to Me in Korean's content is on Memorize. That doesn't cost me a cent.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, monkey, right,
1: yes. free. Free. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, great. Right. YouTube. Oh.
2: Julian, Mm -hmm. Julian, my question to you is, so, so what do you, what do you aspire to do after you graduate? Cause, cause like a lot of people complain, like, or a lot of people talk all the time about how hard it is for a polyglot to make a career out of language learning. Like it's very, very, very hard. Probably the best, the best way that, that I can think of is, is basically doing what's Ian, what Ian's doing to, to teach high school languages or like university level languages maybe. But, but what do you think on that?
3: Yeah. That's something I haven't really um, probably thought enough about. And my short answer is, I don't know. I have mm-hmm. no idea. Mm-hmm. I think um, the jobs are really limited. You can like translate, interpret, um, teach. Um, I, I always like teaching English because I'm just so comfortable with it. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely feel a lot more confident teaching English than any language, even if I you know, went super hard even Korean I would say I have a pretty high level I'm reading books and you know often find there's not that many words I don't know or I can figure them out from excuse me figure them out from context yeah but um yeah I would never um feel comfortable teaching a class in Korean um
0: This is something that I've been kind of because I teach languages online, like not only English, but I teach like German, Spanish and Chinese. And like when I'm teaching German, Spanish and Chinese, I specifically say that I only teach beginners or even like lower intermediate because like like the same thing as you. Like I feel much, much more confident when I'm teaching English, because when I'm teaching someone English, no matter what level they're at, I know I I know I beat them. (laughs) Like, right. So I'm like. And, like, I know that I always have something extremely valuable to offer in English. Because I just, I know everything. Like, obviously, I don't know every single thing. But I know everything that you would need to know on a daily basis. And I've got really, like, I have a very rich understanding. Just because it's my native language, right? But with my other ones, like, especially it's kind of, like, embarrassing and humiliating sometimes when I forget a word. Or, like, I catch myself. I be embarrassed. Mistake and I'm like, oh, like.
1: No shame, no shame, Dude. I look up words all the time. In my Spanish class <laughs> the other day, first day is like glow sticks. Like, señor, cómo se dice glow sticks? sticks.
0: Let's go look it up.
1: <laughs> like, velitas or algo así. Uh, yeah. No, I mean <laughs> that's like there's little gaps here and there. I forget words in English all the time, man. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no teaching. I think at least that's in terms for my, like I did my first degree in international relations where you didn't need a uh, second language, but then just in terms of with getting that second language in that degree, it went full bore into like, I just love languages and yeah, I'm very lucky that even the teaching position that I have, I get to only do languages. So I do feel like that's, yeah, it's in terms of carving out a career in this polyglot landscape there's yeah there's there's different things I feel like even Marcus being a scientist like a language will never hurt you in any regard like it's something that can supplement a career elsewise but then yeah a particular language career itself um, well, I think so, I find just finding the opportunity
2: so what I have to do like I can never I can't work with languages but what I can yeah, do but, is to work in languages <laughs> yeah yeah right? so that's,
1: that's what I mean it's a supplement to- right
2: right it's a supplement
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Um, but it's hard. Like, I mean, like, that's that, like, that's the biggest question, like for polyglots is like, okay, how do I combine this with my professional career? Like, how do I make a yeah, living like of Steve
1: this? Kaufman link was a lumber salesman after he was a diplomat. Right. So he said with his, right. So his international business, he used languages and but I that, think that, since that, he's retired. That, now he's going like full bore language career-wise well he
2: had he has like he runs his own platform
1: now i think i know but that's post that's like a, a retirement project for
2: right him, right I but i mean like what he did he was a diplomat that's probably the best way
1: for the, the no only way. for the part of his then he was most of his life was a lumber salesman oh yeah. really yeah oh, i didn't
2: yeah. know that. yeah i he was a diplomat for the majority of his life
1: no um yeah but
2: but, but julian but i wanted to ask you like have you thought anything about that like different possible routes or alternatives like after you graduate
3: yeah i've thought about it um i'm definitely interested in education um and yeah i feel like i came i feel like um in america like foreign language learning is kind of pathetic (laughs) especially compared to like some of the European countries.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In terms
3: of what is accomplished. And I feel like there's a lot of just, um, people are taught the language, but they're never taught how to learn the language. Um, Mm, That's
1: a big thing too. Yeah. yeah.
3: So um, people just go about it the wrong way. Um, And this is international too. Other countries, um, the same applies like Korea. Um, People Mm -hmm. totally go about learning English the wrong way. Um, I've seen it firsthand. Right. And so, yeah, I would like to kind of help um, resolve that a little. Like, I'd love Mm -hmm. to see languages more emphasized in America and people have a better fundamental knowledge about how to learn a language. But in terms of realistically, like, what is a career um, that I'm going to path that I'm going to take. I have no idea. I kind of like academia because I've always found that I like studying more than work. Um, and so if possible, I might just keep staying in school for a while and pursue research in this area. Um, but I think ultimately, um, even if I can't find a way to work languages into my professional life, I think that'll be okay. Even if it's just like a hobby, um, I know a lot of my friends have jobs where they can just have earphones on all day and listen to music.
2: Yeah,
1: just, it's like, like even just yeah. exactly. E- but, uh, even if when yeah. I
2: work in the lab, only
1: when I work in the lab. Yeah. I know, I know. I We're know. just grinding gears. Like,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> in a good if
0: one.
2: you're
3: if you're filling out spreadsheets, you could have eight hours of. Mm-hmm podcast Stream or of conscious pause exactly so maybe that'd be even more or, or even better for that's language.
1: what i think about i was like man you know if i was a truck driver i would be this <laughs> sickest poly dude <laughs> i know I would be right sick driving across canada i would have like so many languages under my belt Pimsler all day yeah, there, could... there's
2: actually some truth to that so like during this fall i had the, the opportunity to to strictly do laboratory work so work in a lab and do do experiments run experiments eight hours a day and I actually did listen to podcasts uh pretty much like eight hours a day and I felt like my my Spanish sobre todo it's like mostly my Spanish but I did some French as well and Mm -hmm. it it does really work like if you listen to a language eight hours a day you will see improvements in a very (laughs) short period of time totally just a week An opportunity to yeah for sure so yeah I, I I buy that argument either I'd want to work with like either you can have like a, a profession where you work with language, like Ian, like a language teacher, or like mm-hmm. something super monotonous. You can you just spend the entire time that. learning yeah. languages
3: yeah. instead of
1: yeah. like you can be a guy like, that cuts grass at a golf course and you're like, that guy, right, 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 lower over there. Yeah. Right. Um, that's yeah, funny. That's
3: the hack right there.
1: The hack, the hack. Um, yo, Julian, I know you're, you're a baseball fan still. Yeah. Did you ever well, go to a yeah. KBO game?
3: I went to a couple i How was, was kind of
1: disappointed so oh, really oh
3: i'm I watch more some of a, where
1: it makes it look really cool
3: oh you yeah yeah i'm sure you guys would love it i'm um, normal people would love it i'm not okay, <laughs> i'm not a normie okay. <laughs> um i just like it's super like um accessible and catered to like the <clears throat> the like casual fan okay excuse me so like um they have cheerleaders and music going every player has their own song you can look it up um like a wall i could send you a link sometime they have their own chant like song so when the player walks up to the plate all the fans know the jingle for the player (laughs) which to me was such a weird concept um and everybody's standing up all the time and super into it and I'm the kind of fan that just likes to sit in my chair and like eat peanuts and like not get up or anything. Yeah, so okay. yeah, the last game I went to, um, everybody's standing up and super into it, like singing the song, and just yeah. me and the old <laughs> the old man, like a couple seats down, are just sitting there like chilling. Like, That's
0: so weird for a the baseball opener. game. Because
3: yeah. I've heard.
1: Because the reason I'm asking is because I've heard the one video I watched says the guys like the MLB is opera, and the KBO is rock and roll, which I would argue that's the similar. If you been to an NHL game here in Canada versus a lacrosse game, lacrosse fans are insane. So that's why I was like looking. Well, I was like, oh, I gotta ask about the KBO. man.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. MLB man. is definitely. I mean, the park is just much. It feels much bigger. It probably uh-huh. is. Because right, you right, can right, see right. over 40,000. Yeah, AT&T yeah. Park, uh, or I guess it's called Oracle, the Giants mm-hmm. Stadium yep. um, routinely has 45,000, you know, in the peak yeah. of their dynasty. they were right packing that place. Um, What's a Korean on hold? KBO. Half that. I got to look it up before I... Wait, you said oh, it was okay. bigger?
2: KBO um, was bigger?
3: No, it feels smaller, like... Oh yeah, yeah. It feels like a minor league game, um, right. and obviously the level of play is, um, minor a bit,
1: yeah, a yeah. bit um, lower. Yeah. Um, i was just like, oh, if I lived in Korea, I then mean, depending, like, I feel like I'd want to get season tickets or something. Yeah, I'd like, yeah.
3: Um, and there's like three teams in Seoul, I think. Oh, okay. um, a couple yeah. of them share share a uh, stadium, but yeah, definitely, if you ever go to Korea recommend that okay. and yeah i feel like i've um said a lot of negative stuff about korea no man no uh, but yeah obviously i'm of... learning it for a reason um great sure. language great culture just so many cool things the food is amazing
1: yeah i'm sure you've had let yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Beep-beam-bop. laughs> yeah um yeah yeah there's still it's alluring for sure, it's alluring. Um, all right, it's a couple. I have a couple more questions. So, future languages potentially, or are you just stay on the track, and then future language events. So, I met you at Langfest; it was awesome. So, like, I know COVID this year, everything went online, but any aspirations to hit any of those up in the future? Oh time? yeah, I mean, yeah,
3: yeah, if time permitting and money permitting, I'd love to go to all of them. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I think Langfest is most accessible to me being, um, in North America, North America. Yeah, and, yeah, oh yeah. man, I really wanted to go to the, the one in Cholula. Cholula. Uh, I know man. that I was going to be, that was going to be awesome. Um, but yeah. yeah, for now I'm just kind of, um, in the mentality of let's get my Korean up to like a super high level. Because I'm not satisfied.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Uh Uh-oh. All right. Uh, Maybe a little editing job. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Let's give it a sec. Give it a sec. I totally forgot to uh, get Julian to do the video thing, too.
2: it would be fine. I think it's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As
2: long as there's a green box around your face when you speak oh. i think you're
1: think you're good you're good Brave ora. A ver. yeah
2: i Yeah, maybe a little
1: outro hard. just in case
0: yeah. uh, oh. let's see oh, we hey, there man. we go
1: hey all right going, um <laughs> i have no
3: idea where i was when it froze
1: Chalula, 2021 okay yeah yeah Chalula.
3: yeah i'm down for anything i mean yeah man what do you know what's happening this year
1: um i just know everything got postponed like polyglot mm. gathering i believe is supposed to be back in poland uh polyglot conference supposed to be in cholula but let's go fall uh, 2021 fall 2021 yeah. yeah we'll see what the world Hold looks down. like so uh, yeah man i want marks cody come on guys mexico october Oh, well,
2: dude you know i'm down <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah man, so, much toy, no, so much fun so much fun like Julian, man, I just that time in like Langfest, it's such a social energy going to these language events. Like, I can't even describe it. It's
3: so yeah, fun. I wasn't expecting it. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, but yeah, I had a lot of fun there. Um, yeah. I'm sure it'd be more fun now knowing people. Right. Is that Another awkward, like, uh, like, you know, like trying to get to know people and like, but it's really easy because you can. Have a two hour conversation about Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's always All stuff types to talk of stuff about. like that. Yeah. Sure. Um, as for languages, yeah, probably just Korean for um, the long term. And I'm probably going to try to cap my uh, language learning, like go back to Spanish, go back to uh, Japanese mm-hmm. at some point.
2: Nice, man. If you yeah. revisit
3: it if i learn a new language ah uh, i don't know chinese seems kind of tempting with my knowledge of like uh, japanese and korean chinese would be interesting and that's
2: the trifecta
3: yeah the holy trinity holy trinity <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah what else german seems cool i know they they have the same thing that korean has um I think they call it a language, where they like they bunch words together.
2: I think it's yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's that's really interesting. In Swedish, Swedish is notorious for that. So, so basically, you can take so like you can take two words that mean two separate things, and you can just put them together, agglutinate them.
0: Yeah, know, that sounds that's weird though. Amalgamate more of a
1: Turkish.
2: Thing. Amalgamate exactly. You amalgamate these two words, and you get a new word that has like a different uh, meaning. Yeah. Do you have an it's example? It's really interesting. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Let me think about it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Let me think about it. Yeah, I know. Like the prefixes in German seem to like change all the meanings all the time.
0: Uh, yeah, and yeah. and also just like in German, I think he's talking about the compound words that are in German. Okay. I guess, yes, that's
2: yeah. no, but that's that's the same thing like he, it's mm, kind a of the same a little thing. different
1: like turkish is a pure gluten of language so is quechua yeah
2: let me think of this because i have i need to hold on <laughs> all right talk about something else and then yeah all right oh, so no, I no, okay to... no 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 i, I actually have i all got right, it right go here i got i got right, it right here i got, right, got it course. i got it right here so for example rock means smoke mm-hmm. frit frit means free so mm-hmm. smoke Free. So if you say "rök fri um, as two separate words, that kind of means go ahead and smoke. Mm. Uh, <laughs> th- this is the place where you can smoke as much as you want. So "rök fri, mm-hmm. right? Or "rök frit, "Rök frit. No, no, no. It's an imperative. That's where it is. "Rök frit. That's the imperative form of saying smoke freely. Go do it. Yeah. Right? Go but smoke. if you put it together, like as one word, so rock frit, you take the two words, you put them together. You say "rock free." That means smoke free, like no smoke. Um, That's really interesting. So it's literally like you have the two words; they mean you can smoke as much as you want. You put them together, and it's a complete opposite.
0: Huh?
2: Yeah. Be careful. There. How about that? Yeah, be careful. there. <laughs> and there's a bunch of different. So I just I just googled like examples of, of this phenomenon. Yes. Um. What do you, What do you call it again?
3: Uh, a glutenative.
2: Agglutin, I don't know. A, a Yeah. In Korean, but, but what's it called? This would be Chortango? an example of that, right? This is what you're talking about, like the example. I gotta, I, I, I gotta, I gotta hit up compound <laughs> words.
1: Because in the gluten of languages, when you're just adding more and more like particles to it, like suffixes. Oh,
2: and, oh, like Esperanto.
1: Um, oh, like the two off of my head. Turkish is a gluten of, Quechua is a gluten of. I know that. Oh, Okay. So,
0: this i i think i know what you guys are talking about yeah because um yeah korean is definitely this is something that's actually been i've really been struggling with in korean because i'm not used to a uh, what a glutinative
1: gluten agglutinative, of a gluten of yeah
0: yeah i'm not used to a gluten of language so this is really like i'm having a hard time wrapping my mind or i'm getting a little bit overwhelmed with all these like different infixes and suffixes yeah but suffixes. Is like, the gluten of
1: words, the words stretch out not not i don't know if korean's are gluten of
2: so so what i just the example that i just gave in swedish what's that mm-hmm. i looked it up on
3: wikipedia as we all know wikipedia is the holy it grail
0: it is the, hey man just like the the google translate it. like don't crap on wikipedia
3: yeah yeah i mean they got their sources cited here um but yeah, Swedish is not listed here, but Korean is. So okay, I'm not sure the what,
1: particles make it.
3: What that there's all these terms here is insane. <laughs> Nominative, absolutive, polysynthetic.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah.
2: polysynthetic. Yeah. What is it, Esperanto?
0: <laughs> so, I mean, like we're 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 nerds, but like we're not. Like, yeah, yeah no. this is At a level. level. It would help
1: to know. We'll get a linguist on. We'll get Paul from Lang Focus one day. He'll help yeah. Us. Yeah. Um, you
3: didn't talk, Ian. If if I recall much about your Korean learning, how's that
1: been? Uh, yeah, man, it was fun because I like me and Cody were smack talking because I do feel like like you said how Spanish and French gave me like like I know how to learn a language like name the language I'm gonna go learn it now, and yeah, I never dabbled dived much into a Asian language, so went really really hard leading up to our Korean War, uh, as we called it, and um, we had, did an episode. Uh he had it. And then since then it's kind of like like I love dabbling in different languages. So I just kind of like fell into my dabble routine. So maybe like 20, 30 minutes a day. And I guess this is we make this announcement not completely official, but Richard Simcott, the the polyglot, he's tentatively he said to come revisit him once he he's taking on Korean for 2021. Oh yeah. Um so uh yeah so we i on twitter i just tweeted i'm like hey do you want to join us for korean war 2.0 and he's like give me a few months so i was like yeah we're planning to do it in june so it's another six months away so uh that's got me like that's got my fuel fired up again so it's not just a dabble language now it's like i want to do one to two hours because german's my main focus uh right now but korean's going to be like almost neck and neck with it now for the next while so yeah i've just been working on like memorize i use it as like my srs system and really going through with that uh getting those chunks like like so parts of korean now i like, can recognize it fast other parts of my brain still has to like when i see a big text of korean right now my brain just like scrambles off but so it's really focusing on the chunks right now that's my strategy yeah so yeah I'm, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be stoked it's actually it's a whole new incentive for 2021 to have richardson caught on Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my situation with uh, Korean.
3: Yeah. Have you guys... Um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the, the Iyagi series that um Talk To Me In Korean does, that is the ultimate resource. Um, okay. Yes.
0: And I'm like, oh, I actually tried getting into it, but I'm oh, still not at that level. Like, it's still... I found like I got the, I downloaded the transcripts and I tried sitting down with it and listening to it, but I found like there's still way too many words that I don't know. So I'm still not at that level where I can utilize that resource.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I had that on repeat. I've listened to some of those conversations so many times it's ridiculous, but um, Yeah, yeah, the first one I had the same experience. Like I had to really sit down with a pen to paper and like, okay, what's this word? What's that word? But then once you've done like 10 of them, it's just like, it comes naturally. And then, then there's only like a few words you don't understand Yeah, each one. Mm-hmm. So that was really what elevated my Korean. If I had to name a single resource, that Iyagi thing that they do is, yeah. Because the problem with their podcast is it's all in English. Yeah, that's, I've you know,
1: Right. Podcast. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, if you really want to jump in the deep end, Um, that and then once
0: sorry would you say like once you hit the click moment then you can start using it and that's what'll really like uh take it to the next level
3: if i was starting korean from scratch again i wouldn't hesitate to dive right into that stuff because um even before you can understand it all um i think there's a value to hearing it especially on repeat you know it's like 10 minutes long so if you have the same one running, I've gotten I've gotten into that like the re- repetitive listening. I think there's a lot of value in that, because um, you really understand the the um, intonation and everything a lot better. Yeah, like, true, yeah. um, it kind of burrows its way into your head after you've heard it like dozens of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say yeah, there's no need to wait to jump into it because right. even if you're only understanding 50% of it, like things will start clicking more and more, the more times you hear it. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing, just a general thing for me in terms of languages is letting go of the need to understand everything. Yes. Very, I think very important. Yeah. That's like an, a crucial mentality to have because then you can enjoy things even if you don't understand hundred percent and that's what kids do. Um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can sit through the lion king when they're three years old and even though they're not understanding All of it They're like Mm -hmm. watching it again and again. Oh, yeah Yeah, so I would say jump right into it. Um, but you don't need to you know, start listening one to a hundred I would say jump right into one Mm -hmm. Just have it in the background and it's great for passive listening like Mm -hmm. if you're not paying full attention, Because then you'll be like, oh, I've heard this like a hundred times. And then when you finally learn the word, you'll like connect it with the sentence you've heard a hundred times and it'll stick really quickly. Right. That's really good.
1: Yeah. That's something I need to work on too. Because I think I am a little obsessive about needing to understand everything. That's why I start with chunks. I start with those chunks because I'm like, all right, I got to get enough chunks and then I'll be able to like jump in. But I think a little reverse engineering there, the deep end to then zooming out and then i think but you said i think the repetition key is key to that yeah definitely sweet that's yeah solid that's something i'm gonna work on i think that's an attack that's a strategy i'm gonna jump right into here so marcus what's our running time solid little pod a lot a lot this is like the Good. The come longest
2: part done
1: <laughs> up to the Korean War, maybe. That's that's uh, that's the thing
2: about languages, man. They they get you talking, on and I get you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the point of them. <laughs> that's kind of the point, eh? <laughs> that's the beauty. I never, I sure. never really, I never, I never really understand what people say. Like, hey, I've I I like to practice languages by myself. I never really understand that. Like a lot of people have that as their method. That I speak to myself because I'm I'm introverted. I'm I don't like speaking to other people, um, and I, I, I personally never really understood that. Maybe we could save that for another that discussion for another lots, episode. Lots
1: to discuss. Lots to discuss.
2: That's, mm-hmm. There's a lot of discussion in that. Oh, that's dude. a whole <laughs> two hour discussion. I think. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Right, right. But, well, but good Julian but back two, eventually. Yeah. Right, but but for me personally, like the whole point of languages is to just I'll talk to other people. Yeah, man, that's my thing. All right, guys. So.
1: Thanks. That was Thank sick. You, Julian. Julian, yeah, man, I'm insights, inspiration. That was awesome, right.
2: man. What do you got going on for the rest of the day? I know it's early there in California.
3: No plans. I think I'll. Um, I might dive into some Korean. I guess <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that'd <Yeah>. be fitting. <laughs> nice.
1: Motivation.
3: Yeah. No, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, man. Always Good a pleasure.
1: Dude. Yeah. Absolutely
3: yeah it feels like just yesterday but it's been like
1: i know it's weird eh? a year goes. and a half that's insane yeah man but uh yeah
3: but hopefully we'll see each other at the next language event too you betcha man. whenever that betcha. may be
2: no
1: re, no re bang. Bang.
2: we'll see you man yeah cody and i will be, will be there too
1: <laughs> awesome Sweet.
2: all right, all right. guys i'm Como gonna salida. end the recording here all right peace out
3: peace out